0: Hello all, welcome or welcome back to And Everything In Between. I'm your host, Mela. So basically, school started this past week for me, which means I'm a senior in high school now, and I started this podcast when I was going to be a sophomore. So it has been literally over two years. Actually, I think I started it like August 29th, so it's been almost two years of And Everything In Between, but that's actually crazy to me, guys. So I don't know. It just feels so weird. Like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like time goes by so fast. I know everyone says that, but it's actually crazy that I'm literally going to be graduating high school within a year. So, that's crazy, but I want to get into the topic of today's episode right away. So, today's episode, as you've seen by the title, we're going to be talking about gender discrimination in pop culture, which includes music and TV shows, movies, like the film industry or whatever. And then also my Taylor Swift opinions because there's definitely a ton of gender discrimination against Taylor Swift, so those two topics kind of go hand in hand. But I'm very excited for today's episode. I've been wanting to make it for a while. I just wanted to make sure I could do it justice and talk about all angles of the subject. So to kind of get into the episode... I want to talk about my opinions on Olivia Olivia Rodrigo's two new songs. So, for those of you who may not know, Olivia Rodrigo is a very popular pop star. She's, I think, 20 years old, so she's very young, and she had an album called Sour, and this album was, I would say, like, I feel like this is, like, one of the most successful albums I've ever seen in my life. Like, five or four or five of the songs had like over one billion streams on spotify and on spotify i'm pretty sure they all have over like 600 million streams which is a ton so it was super successful she got like i wonder i don't know if she how many grammys she got she got grammys for the album and a ton of other awards so just like a super critically acclaimed artist and album So she's coming out with a new album called Guts, which is coming out September 8th, I believe, and she's released two singles so far. The first one is Vampire, which I will talk about in a sec, my opinions, and then the second one is Bad Idea Right. So for Vampire, I love, love, love Vampire. I think it's so good, and I love when songs have, like, a true climax to the song, like, a true high point. And everyone says, oh, it's like Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, but that's part of kind of this topic of gender discrimination is people are constantly pitting artists, especially female artists, against one another. Like, obviously songs are going to sound similar to each other in style because there's no song that's original you know, it's about the lyrics and the story and the background behind the song that makes it original and makes it authentic, but no song is truly original. You know, artists use clips of other soundtracks all the time in the background or even as, like, accompaniment in their music, so you really can't say, oh, it sounds exactly like Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish because in my opinion, it doesn't. In my opinion, I think Olivia Rodrigo's is a bit more like pop rock where Billie Eilish's is just pop and I think what makes it sound similar to people is that the song starts off slow they both use I haven't listened to Happier Than Ever in a while I'm pretty sure they both use piano I may be wrong on that but there's a ton of piano in Olivia Rodrigo's song which is why I love it but then you get like it starts getting really, really fast paced, about two thirds into the song, and it turns into like a full, like pop rock vibe. So that's what those songs are like. And so I do see the similarities between the two, but I hate when people say that Olivia Rodrigo was like copying Billie Eilish or that she's copied Taylor Swift. I hate when people say she's copied other people. It's as if her success on her own like, it's not enough for her to have garnered her own success from her own talent. She has to have stolen it from someone else, which I really think is not true. You know, she is incredibly talented, and she's been, like, acting and singing since she was young. You know, she was on Disney Channel since she was really young. She was on the show Vark, and then she was on um, High School Musical, the musical, the series. So, and like probably other things that I can't think of right now. So she's been singing and acting for a while. So I think her success is so well-deserved and I love Vampire. And okay, here are my opinions on Bad Idea Right. So at first, this song is definitely like chick flick. I heard some people were saying, comparing it to a song that would be in the opening of like a 1990s or 2000s chick flick or rom-com, so I'm thinking Freaky Friday. Like, literally any any movie with Lindsay Lohan, like, as a teenager, I'm like, yes, this just screams. Like, Bad Idea Right just screams the vibes of that movie, especially Freaky Friday. Like, I honestly, when I was listening to the song at first, I didn't like it. I don't know. No, I didn't like it when I first listened to it. I think... Because it's so different from her other music. I mean, there's really no other song she's released that sounds similar to it So it's definitely this new side. It's definitely verging on like the rock side of things because she's not really It's like soft rock. I'd say she's not singing a lot. She's Chanting in a way you have to listen to the song. It's called bad idea, right? And It's so fun to just scream the lyrics like, yes, I know that he's my ex. Like that whole verse, I love screaming those lyrics because it's just catchy and it's memorable and it's so unique, which is again, part of what makes it so memorable. So I personally love the song now. Like it definitely took some growing on me, but I love it now and I can see where the criticism comes in, but I honestly just think it's because it sounds very different from her other music and that's why a lot of people don't like it or it is like very different from music in general today I feel like it's not kind of a easygoing pop song it's definitely different which I think is a good thing you know it's good to have versatility in music especially within an artist's own work but now that we are talking about Olivia Rodrigo I want to talk about some of the gender discrimination against her because there is a lot and recently on her instagram story she posted or like reposted something it was an article that the new york times did and the title was similar to something about her becoming a rock star with her new album guts which i said again is coming out september 8th and i looked at the post i was like wow thinking to myself this is so cool she's in the new york times and she's a great role model for younger girls and then all the comments are just filled with hate and it's just like who is she lol she's not a rock star like her music is so bad her music is mid and everyone is entitled to their own opinions but it's just a lot of the people i was like clicking on the profiles who do you think the people that were saying that were pretty much like 99% men. I actually don't think, I don't even know if I saw a woman that commented like a hate comment like that. So, the fact that men are going out of their way to comment on an Instagram post highlighting a young teenage girl's success in the music industry is a little bit off-putting and it suggests that there may be a little bit of internalized misogyny going on here and I know some people are like, okay, you say everything's internalized misogyny, but I truly think that when people hate on successful female artists, especially young ones, for no apparent reason, just because they sing songs about things that teenage girls can relate to, that is internalized misogyny. Because as, like, a modern society, there's so much misogyny towards teenage girls A lot of times people think of teenage girls as impulsive or they only love makeup and shopping and boys and those are all stereotypes that have been reinforced through different media types but nonetheless it is a stereotype you know it's not true for the most part. Of course there's going to be people like that but it's like every stereotype like yes there's going to be a few people that conform to those stereotypes but the large majority of people are not. The large majority of people are way beyond those stereotypes and Those just evolve just to categorize groups of people, so people discouraging female artists that write about experiences teenage girls go through is a form of internalized misogyny, but they may not even realize it. People may not like her music, not because it's bad, but because of the ideas behind the music, in my opinion. And Olivia Rodrigo's fan base is mostly teenagers. She was a teenage girl when she wrote Sour. She's, I'm pretty sure, 20, 19 or 20 years old. So she's basically still a teenager, like extremely young, extremely successful and extremely young. And she writes songs that teenage girls can relate to for the most part. I mean, I don't know how much I can relate to Bad Idea, right? But I still love the song. But when I think of the song, for example, Jealousy, Jealousy. That's one of Olivia Rodrigo's songs, and one of the lyrics is "All your friends are so cool, you go ever you go out every night, um you drive a really nice car, you're living the life, or something like that. I haven't listened to it in a while, but it's basically talking about how she sees girls on social media. And she's jealous of their lives because it seems like they're always traveling. It seems like all of them have boyfriends. It seems like they all have exactly what they want. You know, they're all conventionally attractive and they all have an endless supply of money. It seems like they don't have any troubles. And if There was one song i could say that could embody the teenage girl experience it is that song i've never related to a song that hard before as jealousy jealousy it's so real like and it just makes teenage girls feel so heard but when you have like older men listening to the music or even teenage boys because the lyrics aren't relatable to them they immediately put it down as oh This isn't relatable. This is so dumb. Like, why would you write about something like this if I can't even relate to it? But the thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people relate to the music. It's just that someone out there does. Someone relates to it. But I think that's where this dislike for music written by teenage girls comes from is that internalized misogyny and that not being able to relate. But it's like, if you can't relate to the music, just don't listen to it, but don't put it down because someone out there relates to it. And it reminds me of when I went to this writing camp at Denison and this professor that was there, she was reading some of her poetry and she's a mother. So she writes her poetry about being a mother and what it's like to have children and what it's like to be a woman. And she was saying how she had a professor in college or... Someone in her professional life who was putting her poetry down, saying that it wasn't relatable and that the ideas weren't deep enough. But you know what? I think that her ideas were perfect. I think that they express what it's like to be a woman so accurately. And even though she was talking about things like her body and as her body changed through pregnancy, like that is relatable to so many women out there. So even if men who can't relate to that think it sounds thinks that that poetry sounds shallow because someone can relate to it it's not shallow it's only shallow to people who don't really understand it so that's kind of a side note of what olivia rodrigo's music reminds me of but it just reminded me of that artist or not artist that professor's poetry and her poetry was so beautiful another thing that i want to point out is these double standards that exist in the music industry. And I know I've talked about internalized misogyny as a whole in another episode, like a long, an episode long, long ago. But when we're focusing on music, there are a ton of double standards within the industry also. When women write about their partners or romantic relationships, they're deemed shallow and they're deemed boy crazy. I'm thinking Taylor Swift. All of the things people say about Taylor Swift, about being boy crazy, I don't see any of that same reaction going towards when men write about women constantly too. Like, men write about women in often much more explicit ways than women write about men, yet they don't get nearly as much hate as women receive. I remember in the TV show Ginny in Georgia, there was a joke Ginny was saying to her mom about how she goes through Almost as many men as Taylor Swift, or she goes through men as fast as Taylor Swift does. And Taylor Swift called them out on Twitter. I mean, this is like an iconic day in pop culture history. Everyone probably remembers it. Taylor Swift tweeted, she was like, Hey, Ginny in Georgia, 2010 called and wants its deeply sexist joke back. Like, that's basically what her tweet said, almost word for word. And you know what? Good for her for standing up for herself because there is so much discrimination against women. And it's like, well, why don't we, why don't we call out male artists who do the same thing? Why does it always fall on women and female artists? That's not okay. It's also normalized for men to make these explicit songs, but it's not normalized for women. I think that's why in the hip hop industry there are so many more men. And honestly, when I like scroll through my hip hop playlist, I barely have any women on there, which I honestly think it's because there are not as many female artists that have as much of a foothold in the music industry as male rap artists because when men write explicit songs that's the norm but when women do it it's controversial which is why the song WAP was so controversial because It's like, well, we haven't had a song this famous that a woman has written that's this explicit before, but there are like numerous songs, like, explicit is that song that men have written that have not garnered that much attention. It's just controversial because women wrote it. So that's another perspective. Someone actually, in the podcast series, The Psychology Sisters, the hosts that run the podcast, were talking about the reason why WAP was so controversial and they said because women, two women of color, wrote the song and it was so explicit it got a ton of media attention and not necessarily positive attention, but you know, that's unfortunately the reality of the music industry and that's why it happens because they were women that wrote the song, women of color for that matter. Moving on, I kind of want to talk about Taylor Swift because I know I've hinted at how she receives a lot of hate, but she and Olivia Rodrigo, I honestly, I think of them as like hand in hand like they kind of have a similar style of music They like to do little easter eggs when they post on social media and when they're releasing new music just to keep their fans on their toes So I definitely keep them associated hand in hand like I feel like Olivia Rodrigo is like the young Taylor Swift but When I think of Taylor Swift and her song that represents the female experience, I think of the man if I could get every man to write an essay on the lyrics of The Man by Taylor Swift, I truly think we could make some progress. We could make some progress with our empathy. I mean, I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Um, What are the lyrics? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. I get there faster if I was a man. Something like that. And she's just talking about how she would be cool you know, she would be deemed as a leader, she would be deemed as motivated and driven if she was a man, but because she's a woman in the f- in the music industry, it's like she's sprinting to get to the same place that a man is taking a leisurely stroll. I don't know if that analogy makes sense, but talking about Taylor Swift, I think, I don't really understand how people can't like her as a person, I mean, I think she's a really good person but I see why people don't like her as an artist because the same reason they don't like Olivia Rodrigo as an artist because her fan base is largely women slash teenage and college girls and and society has this internalized misogyny for women in the music industry. People hate on Taylor Swift's fan base all the time and I will admit you know Swifties we can be intense we can be intense but so can male artists fan bases, but who receives the hate? So that's another little interesting aspect of Taylor Swift and her fan base. also, in my opinion, like personal opinion, I think if you dislike Taylor Swift, like if you actively dislike her music, okay, I won't say dislike her music, I guess, I guess if it's really not your style, but if you dislike her as a person. I have to say especially if you're a girl I have to say it's like the most like pick me thing when I hear girls that are like oh Taylor Swift like I don't even like her like she's not even good like be for real right now Taylor Swift is so talented and for you to say she's not good it's just it's just embarrassing for me to hear I'm like oh my god like you're not you don't have to hate on a successful female pop star like lift her up lift her up you don't have to be a Swifty to respect her, you know, you can still say, you know what, I don't listen to her music, but I respect her as a person, but to actively dislike her as a person, it's just like, oh my god, grow up, like, you, like, support, women support women, women should be uplifting women, so that's, like, a whole nother pet peeve of mine. Another thing is that people, when people call, like, Taylor Swift's music basic, it's like, okay, so you've heard Shake It Off, and you've heard, um. What's the other you belong with me? You've heard those two songs, clearly, because if you're calling her basic, you really haven't heard any of her other songs. I think her songs cover so many topics, you know, the death of a loved one with Marjorie, um, self-confidence with anti hero, her being abused and groomed in a relationship with John Mayer, with Would've Coulda Should've and Dear John and probably a bunch others. And yeah she writes about her relationships but so what that's what's important to her and as an artist artists make art based on how they're feeling and what's happened to them and who cares if she's writing about her relationships you know she's making great music I don't really care what she's making great music about because it's amazing music another thing about Taylor Swift I think the Taylor Swift versus Kanye West thing is so stupid like how is that even a debate I'm sorry, Taylor Swift is 20,000 times more successful than Kanye West. Like, even her net worth, even her fan base is just 10 times bigger. And Kanye West, yes, he's a successful he's a successful musician, there's no doubt about it, but he is such a terrible person that it's like, how are you going to even compare them? You know, Taylor Swift is a great person and she makes great music. Kanye West, I will say he makes good music, but... I mean, his actions online, his digital footprint, it's unex—it's inexcusable. I mean, he is not, not a good person. Also, the, for me, okay, for me when I think about Taylor Swift's music, I just think she has so many different types of music. It's like, if you don't like any of her music, what music do you like? And I know people are going to be like, I don't like her music, I like that's girly, okay, and internalized misogyny, okay, calling her music girly you haven't listened to, literally, any of it, but, I mean, I just think part of what makes her so successful and so unique is the fact that she has so many different types of music, I mean, she transitioned completely from a country star to a pop star, like, she did a whole 180, she had, she has country, she has pop, she has rock, she has or pop rock. She has indie. Like, she has so many different genres and I do think that's what contributes largely to her success. Also, I think her dedication to re-recording her albums is completely unmatched. Like, I have never heard of another artist doing something like that to the extent that she has. She's recording, re-recording six new albums. She's advertising them everywhere on social media. She is releasing tracks from the vault which are basically unreleased tracks. She is making new music videos for those unreleased tracks. She literally won a grammy for the music video she made for All Too Well which was from the vault, All Too Well 10 minute version. So she is such an incredible artist and I think that's the reason for her success is her dedication and also how much she loves her fan base. She makes it clear she's so grateful She makes her tour worthwhile. She puts so much effort into everything she does. And I think that's why, that's what truly sets her apart. And yes, I'm a Swifty, but I can say that from an, an objective standpoint is she puts so much effort into her music career. So does Olivia Rodrigo. And Olivia Rodrigo does the same thing with Taylor Swift where she has these little Easter eggs in her social media posts and she's super involved with her fans, you know, she went on tour. So, I love both of them. As we know, it's very difficult for female artists to be taken seriously. And another point, there are so few female artists with a lot, like, the majority male followers. I actually, off the top of my head, I can't think of any female artists that have mostly male followers, but I can think of a bunch of male artists with mostly female followers like Harry Styles and Justin Bieber. You know, their fan bases are largely women. So another interesting thing, it's weird how women will listen to anyone regardless of their gender, but men tend to listen to music written by men. And even if they do listen to Taylor Swift, they're not making up the majority of her fan base. So just another interesting point. And then when female artist music is successful, like Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift, their music is put on a pedestal. Taylor Swift's albums were so successful that when Midnight's came out, people were like, oh, Midnight's is mid. Like, oh my god, it's not gonna be like every other album. You know, you can't expect her to... What was the album she released before Midnight's? Was it Evermore was her last album, I think. It's not gonna be like Evermore. It's a new vibe. It's not gonna be like 1989, which was one of her most successful albums. Like, the albums are gonna be different, and so you can't compare her new music to her old music and say, oh, well, this isn't good. Well, how can you say that if it's a different vibe? Like, Midnight's is not the same vibe as 1989. Again, That's another thing of what what makes Taylor Swift so successful, in my opinion, is her albums and how she's really poured so much into, like, the culture of each album. Like, each album has its own color. It has its own merch and, like, the collectible cardigans. Like, every album is so special and it's just, it's just crazy. Like, I honestly think she should be, like, a whole curriculum in a college court or whole curriculum at a college because there's so much to discuss about her and her success. Like, I could make a whole episode just for her, which this is kind of partly about Taylor Swift, like, it's in the title. I just, I love, I love her music, and I just, I think she is such an interesting artist. There's so much to discuss about her. So that was a lot of gender discrimination in the music industry, things I've noticed, my thoughts on that. There's also gender discrimination in TV shows and movies, even if you haven't realized it, when you're watching a show, sometimes, I don't know if I can speak for you listening, but when I think of myself, sometimes I find myself rooting for the male antagonist. And I'm like, why, why am I rooting for them? Half the time, it's just because they're hot. Like, it's just because they're attractive. But other times, I'm like, maybe it's like my internalized misogyny. Like, I don't want the woman to win. And I know that sounds so dumb and it's like, oh, well, what do you mean by that? But just hear me out. Hear me out. The best example I can think of for what I'm talking about right now is Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, I hate to say, I hate to say it, but I was rooting for Walter. I'm like, I shouldn't have been. He is literally the antagonist. Even though he's the main character, he is the antagonist of the show. And I was like, Oh, I guess it depends on your perspective. Like, you could say Hank was the antagonist if you were rooting for Walter, but, but Walter was the bad guy, is what I mean to say, in Breaking Bad. For those of you that don't know, Breaking Bad is about a show where high school chemistry teacher turns drug dealer to pay for his cancer bills, but then his cancer's gone and he just realizes he actually likes being this big drug lord and he just gets involved and goes further down the spiral, further down the rabbit hill of drug dealing and drug producing so that's breaking bad in a nutshell but people rooted for walter white myself included and i have to sit back and ask myself well why was i rooting for him you know what was so special about him and i honestly i don't think i have an answer to why i was rooting for him probably just because he's the main character and you know people just thought he was cool but really he was a terrible person but the thing I don't understand about Breaking Bad is when people would hate on Skyler. Skylar is Walter's wife. And this is a spoiler, so if you haven't watched it and you want to, don't listen to this part. But Skylar basically discovers Walter is dealing drugs. And, you know, what would you expect if you found out your partner of, like, I don't know, like 15 years, probably more than that, was a drug dealer and had been hiding this from you, and had this whole industry literally had hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash buried under the house and in duffel bags, like, what would you think? That's a gigantic betrayal. Like, that's a colossal betrayal. I can't even imagine that type of betrayal. So the fact that she freaked out, that she wanted a divorce, that she hated, that she hated Walter, people were mad at her. People hated her literal men were leaving, probably not just men, but people were leaving death threats for the actress on her Instagram, so she had to leave social media. Like, that's how much people hated her character. Just because she acted the way any normal person would. Like, she had an expected reaction. What What did you want her to say? Okay, okay, family business, Let's let's go, let's make drugs, I love this. Like, what? No, that's not going to be her reaction. So, that's the example I can think of. People hated on Skylar, but she was just she was a mother. She wanted to protect her kids. You know, Walter had a um. Well, he hadn't. They had another baby, but he also had a older son. Um, Flynn was his new name. It was Walter Junior turned Flynn, but he's like I don't know, like 15, 16, 17 teenage boy, and. Skylar had the reaction expected. She didn't want to tell her son. She didn't want to get involved because why would you want to expose like such a young kid to something like that? Why would you want to crush your kid's dreams and tell them, yeah, your dad is a drug dealer? Like no one wants to hear that. So Skylar was just doing what any mother would do, what any other person would do, but the fact that she was a woman, that she wasn't going along with the main character who was a man, kind of brought a lot of discrimination on her. And I think that is an example of gender discrimination. I think that Hank didn't get nearly enough hate. And when Hank found out, he, like, he wanted to kill Walter. Like, when Hank found out, all hell broke loose. But when Skylar found out, people had a totally different reaction. Like, people didn't hate Hank, but people hated Skylar. And I just think it's so undeserved. Like, in my opinion, I I don't know. I didn't particularly like Skylar. I wasn't like, "Oh, I love her character," but I didn't dislike her. I kind of I was kind of meh about her, but people actively hated her, which in my opinion is an example of gender discrimination. Another show I can think of is You, the show You, and Joe, the main character, people in the 4th season, we finally see like how evil Joe is when he has Marianne locked in that glass cage. It's always that glass cage. First of all, how does he get that built so quickly? Like, that man has a new glass cage built up overnight. But anyways, people are always rooting for Joe instead of rooting for the female characters. And people, I remember like on social media after season four came out, People are like, I didn't realize how scary Joe was, like, how much of a psychopath he was until this season. Because in the season four, they really show his, like, terrifying side when he's, like, in psych- like, he's psychotic and he's not- I don't know how to explain it. He's not present. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, locking Marianne in the cage and, like, torturing her and, like, starving her. Anyway, sorry. I don't want to scare anyone with the show. (laughs) But long story short, people, it took people four seasons to realize that the main character of the show, You, was actually a really bad guy. Like, that's also a little, little subconscious gender discrimination or maybe, like, gender favoring. Like, our minds, like, automatically view men as the hero because they've always been the hero in all these movies and books. And TV shows, again, part of this whole pop culture thing. But just another little interesting, interesting perspective. If I think of anything else, I will tell you guys. I was thinking of something else, another point I had, but then I just forgot it. So, oh, I was gonna say in season one, at the end of the TV show You, basically, there's this little kid and his stepdad or his mom's boyfriend or whatever is like abusing her and he's super mean like drunk super awful person so joe kills the guy he kills the boyfriend and the little kid watches joe kill the boyfriend and so then in the final like the final episode it shows joe's girlfriend and Joe is literally going to go kill her she's locked in the basement she sees the little kid she's like let me out let me out but the little kid remembers how the little kid remembers how Joe saved his life basically by killing the abusive boyfriend and he leaves her in there and i have to say i was like oh my god i felt so i felt so bad for her but we all know we all knew Joe was getting away with it like they can't have the main character getting caught but That's another another little thing. I'm sure some people were like rooting for Joe, like no, let her let her die in there. We want him to get away again. Also, sorry. Now that I'm thinking about the TV show, you, I didn't have this planned out, which is why it's kind of chaotic thoughts going back and forth. But now that I'm thinking about, I have a lot more to say. When the character Love is introduced, and she's just like Joe, like his new wife is like a psychopath. Like, she kills people, she's impulsive, she's exactly like Joe. Maybe a little more impulsive, but pretty much they both kill people, so it's like match made in heaven. But her character was getting some hate too online. Like, oh, why is she acting like that? She's so impulsive, why'd she go and kill so-and-so? Like, have you not seen the show? That's what Joe's doing all along, so how come we're not having that same reaction towards his character? Anyways, I could also talk about that show for a while, but I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about my Music Opinions Taylor Swift version. First, I'm going to be ranking the albums. So my number one album by her. Okay, number one and two, I honestly, I don't know if I can pick between them. It changes based on the day, but today it's number one is 1989. I love, 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 love 1989. In my opinion, 1989 is definitely a summer album. When she announced that she was re, she was releasing the re-recorded version, Taylor's version, on October 27th, some people were like, oh, it's perfect because it's a fall album. I was like, fall? That's basically winter. Like, that's Halloween. I wouldn't say it's a fall album. I would say it's a summer album, but... I don't care when she releases it, like, the sooner the better for me. And then my top three favorite songs from 1989, I would say New Romantics, Style, and I Know Places. Guys, New Romantics, it literally killed me because she played New Romantics and announced 1989 her version at the very last show in LA. And when I tell you I was in California, like, on vacation, literally an hour away From the stadium i was so upset like i literally could have gotten tickets heard one of my favorite songs by her played live and heard her announce 1989 her version live like i literally can't also i know places oh my god when she played i know places in king of my heart that one night that was like the worst night for me i think those That was the night I was most jealous of in terms of surprise songs. I mean, I went to Cincinnati Night 2, and for that, she played three surprise songs. But I would have rather seen I Know Places and King of My Heart. Like, I don't care. Those are, like, absolute bops. I literally... Oh my god, I can't. Anyways, as you can probably guess, my second second favorite album by her is Reputation. My first favorite song, Getaway Car. Oh my god. Guys, Getaway Car, I literally... This should have been on the set list. I'm so sorry, but like, Getaway Car, I say Getaway Car instead of Delicate. Getaway Car instead of Delicate, 1000%. Second, Endgame. Endgame is so underrated. Like, I know people listen to it, but it's like whenever I see people ranking the album, Endgame is usually near the bottom. Endgame is so, so good. The Bridge, so good and then either ready for it or king of my heart i think king of my heart right now because i've been listening to it a lot but i do love ready for it ready for it gives me like wildest dreams vibes i don't know i think it's cuz of when she says um in the middle of the night in my dreams like that part reminds me of wildest dreams okay third fearless First favorite song on Fearless, The Way I Loved You. The beginning, oh my god, when they played it in the summer, I turned pretty. I was actually shaking. You Belong With Me. And then Underrated, Underrated, The Other Side of the Door. So underrated. The bridge is so good. Also, backing up to You Belong With Me. You Belong With Me, even though it's one of her most popular songs, like, it is so popular for a reason. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think I said this in one of my other videos how- or one of my other um, episodes how I don't like when people don't like an artist's popular songs just for the reason that it's popular, but in my opinion, You Belong With Me, like, it is so good. It is amazing. It's so good. Okay, then four is Midnight's. Midnight's is so slept on. Like, I I don't understand how people hate on it. I think it's so good. Lavender Haze. Oh my god, I love Lavender Haze. That's the, my first favorite song from there. Like, I truly think Lavender Haze is, like, one of her best songs in a while. Like, I love Lavender Haze. Then, Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, so good. The meaning behind it, again, it's about, like, being groomed at such a young age and, like, having this unhealthy relationship. And then, The Great War. I love The Great War. And I love how it kind of symbolizes World War One or was it World War I or World War II? Whatever the World War was that had the poppy as the flower, like, place a poppy in my hair. Oh my god, so, so good. I I love it so much. Folklore, cardigan, I'm actually learning to play cardigan on the piano. Fun fact, I'm also playing Clocks by Coldplay on the piano. Seven and the One, I love folklore. I will say, like, I listen to folklore when it's the folklore vibe so it has to be raining outside or like gray outside i don't know i just i can't really listen to folklore when it's sunny it, it's more like a chill study vibe i don't know i don't know except for august i love i love august so much it's so good the song august and the month but the song okay then we have speak now enchanted is number one love enchanted i can see you oh my god i can see you is probably my favorite vault track she's released so far i love it so much and then back to december oh my god i love back to december okay next is lover afterglow oh my god i literally love afterglow it's so so good the bridge is so good i just think it's so underrated on lover i love it then daylight and then cruel summer obviously cruel summer is really good then evermore i know i i know i'm one of those people that has evermore ranked lower i still like it i just don't like it as much as the other albums i still really like it though number one is right where you left me then gold rush and then willow and then red i don't know what it is about red i used to be obsessed with it when i when it first came out like i would be like blasting that like i would be watching the music videos on youtube like all the time like We Are Never Getting Back Together and I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh my god, that was like me. That was literally me when I was in middle school. Red, that was everything to me. I don't know why I don't listen to it as much now, but it's definitely, it's a solid album. It's a solid album. Red, the song, is my number one song on that album. I love it. I love it so much. Like one of my favorite songs by her. Then 22 and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. You know what? Popular for a reason. So good. And then Debut. Guys, I'm so sorry, but I just hate country music so much and I literally have never listened to Debut. I know it's like, how can you rank it if you've never listened to it? And I should listen to it and I will listen to it. I just, I can't bring myself to it. I just don't like country music. The only song I've heard is Our Song on the album and it's just too country for me. I just, I don't, like country music, but I will listen to it at some point. Don't hold me to that. Okay, the songs, in my opinion, some of the songs that should have been on the Aeros tour set list, like, from the songs that just said, I definitely think Getaway Car" should have been on the set list. I also, um, oh, she played Fearless. I love Fearless. Oh my god, wait, I don't want to- I don't actually decide. I don't want to talk about songs that should have been on the Aeros tour because- you already know, like, my opinions. I want to read you guys the songs that I'm listening to right now on my Taylor Current Version playlist. So, we have Fearless, Style, New Romantics, Getaway Car, King of My Heart, Afterglow, Endgame, I Know Places, Dress, I Love Dress, I Can See You, I Wish You Would, Glitch, Paris, Maroon, and Red. When I tell you guys, Glitch and Paris, they're two songs on midnights, the, um... 3am version. Actually, wait, I don't know if they are. Actually, I think they are the 3am version. Oh my god, they are so, so, so good. Glitch, oh my god, I can't believe I never listened to Glitch until now. It's so good. In Paris, just so, so good. Like, there's nothing else for me to say. I realize this past 10 minutes I've just been saying, oh my god, and it's so good, but what else is there to say? I mean, we're talking about Taylor Swift music here. Anyways, Okay, another opinion about Taylor Swift's music that may be controversial is I don't like All Too Well Timmins version that much. I like it when I'm in the vibe for it. Like, when I'm singing with my friends on a fall day, then it's the perfect song. But in general, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I can't listen to 10-minute songs. The only song, the only long song I can listen to is Mirrors by Justin Timberlake. That song has been blasting for the past month. I haven't gone sick of it. It's so good. It's eight minutes. I think over eight minutes, actually. It's really good, though. That's the only long song I can listen to. I don't know what it is about All Too Well 10-minute version that I just can't sit through it all, but I do like the song. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it just takes a lot in me to sit down and listen to a 10-minute song. I don't I don't have that patience, unfortunately, which is probably due to TikTok. I mean, when I'm on TikTok, I literally watch videos in 2x speed because when people talk slowly, I just, I can't do it. I have to listen to talk, I talk fasters, fast talkers. Anyways, um, I'm trying to think if I have any other Taylor Swift opinions. I don't think I do. I think that's all I wanted to say, just the songs I really love by her and my opinions. I love... I think Midnight's fits the vibe of Midnight so perfectly and I think there's so many relatable songs on that album like Antihero, You're On Your Own Kid. I just I love it. Also, Bigger Than The Whole Sky honorable mention because the intro when I hear the intro to Bigger Than The Whole Sky actually I kind of I'll just play it for you guys so you guys can hear it. It's like the first five seconds are just instrumentals and it's so good. Listen, Like, oh my god, so good. Anyways, those are all of my Taylor Swift opinions and gender discrimination and pop culture. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time.